mention the name Thomas Bracken to any New Zealander, the response is immediate. He wrote the country's national anthem. And indeed he did. At least he wrote the anthem's words. But besides that, for 20 years in New Zealand, he was a prominent and flourishing poet, writing an impressive amount of published original poetry. And over 180 of his published poems are kept in the heritage collection of the Auckland Central Library. Bracken was born in Ireland and christened into the Catholic Church. Only a few days later, his mother died. Completely orphaned by the death of his father when he was 10, an aunt took him in for some time, but decided that he should be sent to an uncle who lived in Australia. So 12-year-old Thomas Bracken went to work on uncle's farm in Australia, gradually learning about shearing, stock raising and gold prospecting. Into his teens and twenties, Thomas Bracken lived what could be described in international terms as an outback cowboy's life. When he was 26, in 1867, his first volume of poetry was published in Australia, The Haunted Vale. In that book, he professed affection for Australia, but a yearning for his birthplace, Ireland. Fair are thy fields, Australia, sweet thy flowers, lovely thy landscape, thy sunny bowers. Noble thy forest and thy mountains grand, star of the south, thou favoured land. Dame nature has been generous to thee, but still there is a clime more dear to me. The brightest spot on broad Atlantic's breast, home of the brave and guardian of the west. And o'er its hills is heard at break of dawn, the lark's sweet carol and the huntsman's horn. Though Australia be the poor man's home, where free and independent he may roam. Still do I turn my eyes across the sea, and wish to Erin I could fly to thee. Curiously, soon after this very public profession of yearning to return to Ireland, Bracken set out exactly the other way and sailed to Dunedin. It has been speculated, but not confirmed, that possibly he was aware that the word gold was still connected with Otago. But right from the start, he loved Dunedin and extolled it in a poem. Go, traveller, unto others boast of Venice and of Rome, of saintly Mark's majestic pile and Peter's lofty dome, of Naples and a trellised bowers of Rhineland far away. These may be grand, but give to me Dunedin from the bay. Oh, never till this breast goes cold can I forget that hour of yellow beams that darted from the sinking king of day. Oh, picture this, and then you have Dunedin from the bay. We know that Bracken loved poetry, but it's not entirely clear when and how Thomas Bracken was educated. There is scant information about his early 12 years in Ireland, but he emerged from the Australian countryside 14 years later, able to write poetry at book publishing level and also at journalistic level. Soon after arriving in Dunedin, Bracken was employed by the Otago Guardian newspaper and then, with two others, founded their own newspaper called the Saturday Advertiser. Bracken was then a handsome man and after an active life in Australia was very fit. The tablet newspaper described him as in the prime of life, genial, persuasive, a high favourite wherever he went with his tall athletic figure, his handsome face and soft brogue. In those times, poetry had prominent participation in public life. The Caledonian Poetry Society held a significant position in the city's academic hierarchy, 
1871, Bracken's poem, Behind the Tomb, won the Society's first prize. The road is rough, the hills are steep, and yet tis but a little space. The hedge is thick, the gulf is deep, and death is master of the chase. And some rush madly o'er each leap, while some are laggards in the race. How many preach of peace and love, yet practice not what they dictate? How many turn their eyes above, yet fan the flames of bigot hate? Soft words at times have power to move, but noble deeds have weight. In the newspaper he edited, the Saturday Advertiser, Bracken often published his own work under the pseudonym Paddy Murphy, and in 1876 Paddy Murphy stepped into New Zealand history. A poem of Paddy's appeared in the Saturday Advertiser, and eventually that poem launched Paddy Murphy into the history books, and eventually onto the Olympic Prize winner's podium. The poem's name was God Defend New Zealand. It was described as a national hymn, and the subheading proclaimed, National songs, ballads and hymns have a tendency to elevate the character of a people and keep alive the patriotism in their breasts. With this came the announcement from Thomas Bracken, who, under the name Paddy Murphy, was of course the author of the poem, a competition for it to be made into a song. The composer of the best tune for those words would win a prize of ten guineas, which was about $1,600 in modern values. Three eminent Melbourne musicians would judge the entries, and they unanimously chose the composition of John Joseph Woods, head teacher of a Catholic school in Lawrence, west of Dunedin. The winning song became very popular. 800 children sang it to Sir George Grey when he visited the South Island, and the native land court prepared the translation into Maori, still in use today. The Auckland Library Heritage Section holds the only known Bracken's handwritten manuscript of the song. The song God Defend New Zealand gradually became so popular throughout the country that many people thought it was the national anthem, but it wasn't, at least until 100 years later. In 1977, the New Zealand government finally suggested the matter to London, and it was approved that God Defend could become New Zealand's national anthem, only giving way to God Save the Queen if New Zealand's head of state, the Sovereign, was physically present. While everyone in New Zealand knows the first verse, in spite of the obscurity about what he meant by God's Pacific Triple Star, about which there are 13 different interpretations, the other verses are seldom heard. Men of every creed and race gather here before thy face, asking thee to bless this place, God defend our free land. From dissension envy hate and corruption guard our state, make our country good and great, God defend New Zealand. Peace not war shall be our boast, but should foes assail our coast, make us then a mighty host, God defend our free land. Lord of battles in thy might, put our enemies to flight. Let our cause be just and right. God defend New Zealand. Let our love for thee increase. May thy blessings never cease. Give us plenty, give us peace. God defend our free land. From dishonour and from shame, guard our country's spotless name. Crown her with immortal fame. God defend New Zealand. May our mountains ever be freedom's ramparts on the sea. Make us faithful unto thee. God defend our free land. 
Guide her in the nation's van, preaching love and truth to man, working out thy glorious plan. God defend New Zealand. Three years after he wrote the words to God defend New Zealand, Bracken appeared to go into a morose state. It has never been clear why, though later scholars have indicated possible personal conflict between his more or less discarded Catholic heritage and his embracing of Freemasonry, which didn't admit Catholics. Although there is no specific evidence, it has been considered possible that his somewhat ragged connection to the Catholic religion caused personal unease. It was to be more than 20 years later that he returned to Catholicism. His major poem from 1869 is called Not Understood. The poem was distributed worldwide and turned into a popular piano monologue and an American song. The full version is held in the Auckland Library Heritage Connection. Here is a short section of that poem. Not understood. Not understood we move along asunder. Our paths grow wider as the seasons creep. Long the years we marvel and we wonder. Why life is life and then we fall asleep. Not understood. Not understood we gather false impressions and hug them close as the years go by till virtues often seem to us transgressions, and thus men to rise and fall and live and die, not understood. Not understood how many breasts are aching for lack of sympathy, ah, day by day, how many cheerless lonely hearts are breaking, how many noble spirits pass away, not understood. In his more cheerful times, Bracken still often wrote pieces under the pseudonym Paddy Murphy, although it had always been widely known who Paddy's true self was. Besides God Defend New Zealand, Bracken also became associated with another equally well-known phrase, God's own country. The term wasn't new. It had been used in 1718 during the Crusades, referring to the Holy Land, and again by author Edward Dubois, describing Ireland. Bracken wrote of the term in these words. A recent arrival from New Zealand, walking along Collins Street, Melbourne, a short time since, encountered another Māori lander who holds a good position in the Victorian capital. Well, how do you like Australia? inquired the recent arrival. Oh, it's a wonderful place, replied the other, and I'm doing very well here, but I would much sooner live on a far smaller salary than God's own country. Bracken included that term in his 1890 book Musings in Maoriland, which is held in the Auckland Library, and the phrase eased into New Zealand's consciousness of itself. Give me, give me God's own country, there to live and there to die. God's own country, fairest region, resting neath the southern sky. God's own country, framed by nature in her grandest, noblest mould. Land of peace and land of plenty, land of wool and corn and gold. Where the forests are the greenest and the rugged mountains rare. Lovely islands crowd and cluster in a bright and placid bay. Silver ripples shimmer softly on the bosom of the deep, and the mountains see their faces, for the wind is fast asleep. Bracken decided he could serve his new loved country New Zealand if he were in Parliament, and planning to forsake journalism for politics, he stood for election in 1879, but was not successful. But in 1881, Bracken won the parliamentary seat of Dunedin Central, and entered the New Zealand government. 
In Parliament, he forcefully attacked the government's dealing at the time with the Parihaka Maori and dishonourable breaching of the government's commitments to the Treaty of Waitangi, signed just over 40 years before. His tenure lasted only three years and he lost the Dunedin central seat in 1884. In that year came a lavish book publication of Bracken poems headed by his poem Lays in the Land of the Maori and the Moa, a somewhat expansive title since the Moa had been extinct for several hundred years, but this didn't affect the strength of the poetry within the collection, which was dedicated to Sir George Grey. The Auckland Library Heritage Collection holds the book, which includes this praise of Te Paraha. Quick of eye and lithe of limb, warriors bent the knee to him, bold of heart and strong of hand, formed to rule and to command. Suckled on a breast that gave milk of heroes to the brave, richest fruit of Tor's seed, scion of heroic breed, born to conquer and to lead, strongest branch of noblest tree, from Hawaii over the sea, Te Rauparaha, Te Rauparaha. Two years later, 1890, a new collection of Bracken's poems appeared in a lavish publication called Musings in Maoriland, which is lodged in the Auckland Library's Heritage Collection. It was dedicated to Alfred Lord Tennyson, aimed at commemoration of New Zealand's 50th Jubilee, and included a preface by Sir George Grey and an essay by Sir Robert Stout, who once described Bracken with a tribute, he is helping and has helped to create a national literature. During his time in Parliament, Bracken had spoken strongly against Julius Vogel's Women's Suffrage Bill. The new outing of poetry, Musings in Maoriland, contained over 80 poems by Bracken, one of which put forward Bracken's somewhat ambivalent view on women's rights. Some people think that women should compete in life's swift race, with man and gain each privilege, position, power and place. Which he enjoys, I can't agree with those progressive lights. I'll tell you what appears to me to be fair woman's rights. Tis woman's right to be caressed when love is in the spring, and when affection's harvest comes, her right it is to bring the garnered fruits of happiness to cheer man's dreary way, to smooth his rougher nature and refine his coarser clay. Tis woman's sacred right in this, to her by God is given, to teach the lisping little ones the password into heaven. No joy man knows on earth can with a mother's bliss compare when listening with the angel choir she hears her child's first prayer. Tis woman's right to lean on man in sorrow and distress, for he was made to comfort her and she was made to bless. Her bulwark against danger be she daughter, sister, wife, or mother, he should guard her well, aye, even with his life. But this was the era of Kate Shepherd promoting women's suffrage, organising petitions and meetings, writing to the press, developing influential contacts and devising the pamphlet called Ten Reasons Why the Women of New Zealand Should Vote. Thomas Bracken wasn't so sure. In 1892, he published a further poetic opinion about the suitability of women voting, and the Heritage Collection of Auckland's Library allows us to see... Lullaby, hushaby, lullaby, dearie. Papa will nurse you and sing cockaleary. Mama must go at her dear country's call to make lovely laws for pa, baby, and all. Then hushaby, and do not cry, but close your eye, kiss bye-bye, for Papa minds the baby. Lullaby, hushaby, lullaby, dearie. Papa will nurse you and rock you so cheery. 
Mama must go look after the nation. Papa knows nothing about legislation. Then hush by and do not cry, but close your eye and kiss bye-bye. For Papa minds the baby. Lullaby, hushaby, lullaby, dubby. Papa will give you the bottle, my lovey. Papa will give you the ring for your tootins. Papa will put on your dear little bootins. Then hush by and do not cry, but close your eye and kiss bye-bye. For Papa minds the baby. But, as we all know, a year later, 1893, New Zealand became the first self-governing country in the world in which women gained the right to vote in parliamentary elections. In that year, a selection of 20 Bracken poems was published under the title God's Own Country and Other Poems. The heritage section in the Auckland Library has the elegantly bound original, but at the time of its original release, the collection sadly raised little interest and the selling price had to be reduced. By then, in his fifties, Bracken's health was fading. He was in a weakening slide with very slender finances. There was a highlight in 1897 when then Prime Minister Seddon presented a copy of the words and music of God Defend New Zealand to Queen Victoria. But less than six months later, Bracken was found very ill living in a shack behind a tram shed, hiding a severe goiter behind a beard. He was taken to Dunedin Public Hospital, where he died on the 10th of February, 1898. first time listening, then thanks for tuning in. Talk notes are found on the talks page at soundcloud.com. Come back whenever you like and feel free to add the podcast to your favourite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the talk notes.